You're listening to Theology Untucked with Tim and Caleb. Our aim, as always, is to help the people of God understand, love, and enjoy the Word of God. For more information, visit us at theologyuntucked.com. Welcome to another episode of Theology Untucked with Tim and Caleb. The title of tonight's episode is Christ and Culture. And now, here are your hosts and theologians, Genus Electum, Tim and Caleb. I like that our words are getting more and more insane as the episodes go on. I don't actually even know what that one means. What does that mean? <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I thought it's just really just kind of chosen or i guess it could be chosen race a chosen race uh, kind of like an election a, race right yeah it's similar are <laughs> is jesus still lord if donald trump is not our president uh well let's see was he our lord before he was president yep pretty oh. sure so okay so donald trump's not our king no, no. Unfortunately, we don't have a monarchy in this country. We have a very unhealthy set of election seasons that now last three years for four-year terms. So we are forever and perpetually electing people. And uh, there's also, in the mix of all of that, midterm elections. So we just hate each other all the time now because we're always talking about who we're voting for. And honestly, I cannot say more happily that we are coming to the end of an election season like this it's uh this one just really i i am absolutely spent at the end of this goodness yeah it's like it's been well like from it's really been four years actually it's been five years so it's like uh, it's it just been it's been nuts the past yep. Four or five years have been, especially the past four years, been absolutely nuts. Mm -hmm. 2020 still keeps getting crazier for you listeners out there. We're what? We're exactly a week forward from when our last podcast where we was election night. Mm -hmm. I remember remember me and you were kind of looking at those numbers really late at night because we do this late at night. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's in the bag. Um, Not... Not turns so much. The, turns out the bag had some holes up in it. <laughs> had and, some uh, holes in it. The and, then, the and then now it's, the right it's time. And then now who knows now? No, um, that's the thing. Yeah, so uh, those of you listening, I really hope you have more clarity as to the outcome of the election that happened last week. And we still have, what, five states that we don't know what in the heck the outcomes are. Um, I've never seen anything like it in my life. I don't think we've seen anything like it in... A long, long time. I don't know what in the world's going on, but all I can say is I have stayed off social media. I I have not spoken to hardly anybody about it, and I honestly, oh, it, it was just, it was costing me too much with uh, antacids, so I just went ahead and stayed away from everything. And I was like, well, my knowledge of how everything is going to work uh, is going to be extremely limited. I'm just going to go ahead and wait for the uh, the court outcomes, whatever those are, but. Yeah, it was actually kind of funny because after, um, after our podcast, we, um, you know, I had my brother and his family come in, mm-hmm. and so I, I mean, you know, we were doing lots of different activities, 
that brothers do when you don't get to see each other. And so I had I hadn't seen TV, heard the news, any of that stuff. And so he didn't leave till Sunday morning, really early. And that's what, that's the first time I like even knew anything of what was going on. So, I'm, hmm. um, yeah. I mean, whatever. Um, it's an interesting, it's an interesting section we find ourselves in, and one of the reasons why uh, the topic of Christ and culture uh, really should bubble up into our minds about a lot of this. Uh, it's been one of those discussions that has gone on ever since the early church. In fact, even before the early church, you had Peter trying to understand what exactly is our relationship with the governing authorities. Should we even pay taxes? And Jesus's, uh, well, at least to the disciples, very surprising answer of who cares about money, essentially. Give me a coin whose picture is on it. Belongs to Caesar. Give it to him. I don't need it. Um, is, is certainly a different spin on things than I think any of them were anticipating with a political messiah or with a cultural messiah. And then to come in and learn that he has a kingdom that's completely not of this world and it's different not only in location, it is different in type, in kind, in longevity, and in, um, in border. It is a borderless, not in the sense that it doesn't have any definition, but is borderless in the fact that it is a kingdom made out of people from every culture. And every, every culture. Yeah, every nation, every people, every language, every culture eventually is going not to Not just Americans. Oh, man, I sure hope not. Not just, <laughs> not just no. people that voted for Trump. No, <laughs> and fewer probably of them than I think anyone has any idea. Um, yeah. It is, it is remarkable uh, how much we have messed up this topic, and it's one of the ones that we want to spend some time on tonight. And so the idea of what does it mean to say Christ and culture? So you hear that. What does that mean to you? In, in, true, in, in true emergent church uh, questionnaire, what does that mean to you? Emergent church or, or <laughs> the, 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 yeah, oh, man, going to make me put on my skinny jeans. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, um, I actually... So, you know, part of the notes that, that we're going to be kind of going th- through um, kind of questions on this is uh, um, Richard Niebuhr, H. Richard Niebuhr, um, wrote a book in the 50s, I think that he's, you know, kind of most most famous for. Um, you know, he was um, heavily influenced by a Christian philosopher named Soren Kierkegaard, somebody that, you know, I really like as well and you said that that's not surprising but um yeah you told me that. <laughs> but you know i i, I it, it, it's a pretty it gives us a pretty good format for the show and, and just some things to but before we get into that and and we'll kind of roll into that mm-hmm. one of the questions so like you know with all the stuff going on in the culture and in the country you know should we be rioting as christians should we stand up in arms and and because you know that that's being called for now um on i guess both sides of the pendulum swing what you think on that well purely as a cultural answer um no as a christian answer no um None of those ever leads to the outcome you think it's going to lead to. Um, 
and I'm, I'm going to make enemies and have many times made enemies uh, of even calling into question the American Revolution, whether they had the right to do that or not. And the reality is, as Christians, we have a completely different relationship with governing authorities than we then do the people of the culture. We realize that it is God who puts in kings and takes them out. It is God who sets up borders and extends territories and pulls them back. It is God who designs empires and he designs their fall. And so when we live in a culture like this, where we think that God has nothing to do with the outcome of an election, and we think that it's actually the will of the people that is ultimate, we tend to forget that God is actually in control of who is president and who is vice president and who are the senators and all of these things. We tend to forget this because we think that it somehow depends on us to get enough people to vote in the right way so that we can be more of a Christian culture or something to this line. And it's one of the things I think we've lost. I say it tongue in cheek that I, I kind of wish we had a monarchy, even with all of its faults. But the reality is people understood the, the, the nature of authority and where it came from in systems like that more more so than our current setup they understood their place really they, they understood god's place right i yeah i understand that's where you're going with that yeah um, i know i know I, and there's abuses that happen with monarchies as well obviously i mean I, church church history one of my favorite topics obviously uh, there's all sorts of issues that that come up with that too but at least we understood that there was an identity and and a and a and a a belongedness to a culture and and you're not going to find me raising up culture over the church but you are going to find me defending that culture as an inevitability ought to be done well um and that does not always mean greek idealism or 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 american idealism or any of these things um, sometimes it means, yeah, we submit even when our rulers are against us. And, you know, well, what if that leads to suffering? What if that leads to death? I'm, you know, th those types of questions t tend to miss the whole point that as Christians, we're to be expecting that. And, and to, to treat it as if it is an unacceptable outcome of anything i'm not saying this election but of of anything is is really to to set aside the entirety of the early church which grew and and flourished under that kind of a concept and it wasn't actually until it became unified with the imperial court under constantine where we actually had this this concept of how is it then we live as christians you know, you know, how is it that Constantine can have hired theologians working in his court like Lactatius, uh, like Lactatius, sorry, I always have a hard time saying his name, um, who's, who's writing... lactate? You lactating? <laughs> Lactantius. Oh, uh, okay. Early church father. He, but he worked, he worked for Constantine. And, you know, do we listen to this theology? Is it official theology? You know, where... You know, we, we start to develop all of these issues that come up, right? Um, but the early church always understood that it was on the run. It was yeah. being persecuted. It, it didn't have to answer these questions. We, we live in a particularly difficult time where, um, where it's hard to separate out. You know, if the culture is not actively 
persecuting the church, the questions get a little bit harder to answer. And I think that's kind of one of the things we're working with now. So the answer no to your question is no, not writing. How's that? That's my shortest way of answering that question. Yeah. Well, you, you know, you brought up Constantine. Um, you know, at, at, by the time Constantine comes on the scene. So, of course, you know, there, if you know the story about Constantine and, um, you know, he supposedly converts at that time to Christianity. They mm-hmm. paint the Kiro on their shields. However, I, I'm not going to call that into question one way or the other, but, but the fact of the matter is, too, is he also woke up one day and more than half of his empire was Christian. So it was strategically advantageous for him yeah, regardless. during that time. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so but, but the, the reason I bring it up is that we, we can, as the the church, as as you know, we keep going in this broken world, we can have influence and impact up, upon upon the world. And so that's just kind of one small little s- snippet of uh, you know, in the fourth century, by the time the fourth century and, and Constantine's in power, more than half of his empire, right at about half of his empire, is Christian, hmm. um, and 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 the Christian culture had a lot of impact upon the Greco-Roman world um, in, in policy. Um, you know, at, you know, at one time it was okay to to let babies die of exposure and to kill babies. You know, by the time the the, the second century, that you have um, that practice is is abolished um you know that did that doesn't happen because of paganism or because of stoicism or because of gnosticism it, it happens but because of christianity um so you know where do we a, a lot of people bring up um say romans 13 D- does romans 13 apply in all cases for for those of you who are not familiar so like the question specifically would be where do we draw the line with various different laws and systems of government? Um, mm-hmm. You know, w- when Paul, bring, bring that into context for our listeners, what's happening in, in Romans 13 and what is Paul saying and what is he not saying? Right. So, I mean, Romans 13 is is a classic go-to and one that I think throughout 2020 we've been uh, addressing over and over again uh, when when it comes to mask mandates and quarantine orders and, you know, does the governing authority have this right or that right? What is the correct Christian response? Well, the correct Christian response is submission to authorities. And, you know, when it, when it comes to even stupid authorities, um, that's fine. <laughs> it, it it is frustrating and annoying and costly and foolish and all sorts of other things sure granted so what i mean do you honestly think that the roman government at the time this was written was kind towards christians are you insane i mean the the type of you you have to understand that romans 13 was written by a jew a former um Pharisee, a Jewish man, to a far more uh, Gentile church in the heart of Rome. Mm-hmm. Okay, to hear this rather than to say, you know what, you belong to another kingdom. You know, tell Caesar to bite it. You know, forget 
forget this. He wants to have you do that or move you to this section of the city and have you quarantined off into a slum somewhere. No, you have rights to insist upon you. I don't see any of that here. No. Um, no. Well, and also, too, from a practical um, point of view, but what I see in it is because the the Roman government, especially during Paul's time, is not very friendly with with the Christian populace, mm-hmm. that it kind of makes sense. You know, uh, uh, and you know, are are you going to stir up problems for leaders and and people to bring attention uh, upon yourself and, and and be disorderly? You know, to 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 cause riots, to you know, to do things. Um, so he, he's he's not giving he's not giving the church here um, obey all the command because if he was he'd say you know, there there was you know the laws of um, you know idol worship um, to, to you know so and so he he specifically explicitly speaks against that thing so that's that's not what what Paul's saying now mm-hmm. of course I put in you know if you go to Romans 16 uh, let's see verses 17 17 through 20 he says now I urge you brothers and sisters to watch out for those who create dissensions and obstacles contrary to the teaching that you learned avoid them for these are the kind who do not serve our Lord Christ but their own appetites but their smooth talk and flattery they deceive the minds of the naive. Your obedience is known to all, and thus I rejoice over you. But I want you to be wise in what is good and innocent and what is evil. The God of peace will quickly crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus be Correct. with you. Correct. Um, that, you know, of course, this is the, the, the closing of his letter. Um, he, he does not want us to be naive. Um, he he wants us to be aware of what is right and what is wrong, yeah. um, and, and I think Christians fall into this this trap a lot, and that's why you know Tim and I too, while we're communicating what we communicate, because you know it, it can be very dangerous to to read the Bible or or have someone read it to you, um, and taking it out of context. Um, Satan loves doing that type of thing you even tried it with jesus yeah it was successful with eve doing the exact same thing didn't god say this mm-hmm. yeah i mean i think i think one of the you know i know what i know one of the most difficult things for christians especially in america to have a good worldview on is the concept of authority it, it It is so lost on us because we think everything is democracy. And and then we, we think God for judging people is now so undemocratic. You know, he should he should do what is best for all of us. And we should decide whether or not we like him. And we have no concept of what authority or or um, responsibility or accountability actually is. Uh, and so we get offended at things like original sin, you know, which is an authority headship concept. And so, you, you, well, you don't know this yet, but next semester we're going to run into a situation where original sin is going to be denied in one of our classes. And that class is going to be a real fun nail biter. Let me just tell you that. Um, 
I, I have a, a bit of an inroad on what we're going to deal with next semester. So prepare yourself for that. Uh, and the claim that uh, Augustine made up uh, <laughs> original sin. Anyway, um, so we, we have all of these things um, and we hate them because we like this idea that we somehow pull all the strings. Uh, we, I am not responsible for anything that happened in the Garden of Eden. God would be wrong to put this on me. Um, and, and as far as for authorities are concerned, I will only submit to an authority in so much as I want to. Well, that's not submission at all. Yeah. It's not. But, you know, uh, no. Uh, you know, when it comes to original sin, we can have a whole episode on that. We'll probably do that we while we're in, in a class on that. Um, the, the interesting thing about it, because, you know, what talks with, with atheists and, and discussions um, on the idea of original sin um, in, in the sense of, you know, how, how is it that I'm at, at fault or to blame for, for this person, this thing that Adam and Eve did. And the, the truth of the matter is, is you're, you're, you're not in the sense that you're, you're responsible for your sin mm -hmm. <laughs> it, it, because you sin. And all have sinned and fell short of the glory of God. So, you know, we can go go to that, um, you know, talking about original sin and its concepts. Uh, you know, first of all, to deny original sins, to deny the Bible. Now, I, I do think that it's interesting how that's played out over church history of how they've understood original sin. And, yeah, yeah that'll be interesting to see kind of where they go with that in class yeah. that, well, um, and, and that but that's endemic to our cultural issue here is this, it, this yeah. misunderstanding of authority uh there is a hierarchy to authority in the world that god has made god is the authority there are two sets of ministers in the christian's lives there are the ministers of the government spelled out specifically here in romans 13 he calls them that right there in verse 6 and then there's ministers of the gospel. You have both of them that are administering certain responsibilities and authorities. And as far as for the government is concerned, unless they are instructing you to do something against the law of God or to stop doing something that the law of God requires you to do, you must follow them. You say, well, what so, if it's, like, I have to wear my mask. What if it's confiscatory taxes? Yes. Pay yeah. them. There is nowhere in scripture where it says, okay, this amount of, uh, you know, I'm, I am libertarian in a lot of things, but not in the taxation is theft thing. Nope, I'm not. And, and, and you can argue whether that's right or wrong or whatnot. I don't, I don't really care. I'm not, I'm monetary <laughs> policy is not my cup of tea and I'll never argue it out with anyone, but but th this idea of, I don't have to take it, I, I don't have to pay it, it belongs to me. No, it doesn't. Your picture is not on it. Jesus himself made this argument clear as day. That money belongs to them. This is part of living in this culture. If you don't like it, go live in a desert somewhere. And many people, monks and otherwise, have chosen to do that specifically. But you want to live in this culture, pay your damn taxes. I, you know, you, you're, there are no places in scripture where you could possibly argue that cheating on your taxes as a christian is a moral good it's not it's always wrong and it shows that you do not understand the first thing of authority we owe them 
And if we owe them, that's the end of the story. If you don't like it, you also live in a world where you are able to go apply to another country to belong there and pay their taxes and follow their rules and their laws. Yeah, and, and, and also, too, the taxes are a little bit different than during Jesus' time. First of all, they're trying to set a, set a trap for him when the Pharisees ask him this question. Correct. Um, and also, too, as far as when it comes to your taxes, there's lots of loopholes now. Correct. So, Go ahead. And they're illegal. Follow those loopholes. Right. No problem. (laughs) They're legal. Make use of them. Get an accountant. Um, you know, that that they're and again, they're they're really kind of just kind of practical common sense answers. Well, and here's the other thing is it's not just the governing authorities in the government. This exact authority problem for Christians happens in the church. They do mm -hmm. not see that pastoral rightly ordained pastoral leadership has any authority in their life whatsoever. They are simply the hired gun to come in and talk about Jesus for, you know, 30 minutes, or if we're really, really patient, 40 minutes, uh, and then just move on with your life. And if I don't agree with you, I'll just disagree with you and you can carry on or I'll find a different church. Yeah. So you have that on one hand, but then also too, on the other hand, you have people that are, fully giving themselves over to yes. to an authority um to where they're lording that to, to, you know they, they put themselves in this place of vulnerability um to where they 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 fully accept and, and that the problem with that um is first of all there's there's evil teachers there's there's people that are not preaching the gospel there there's people that are not following the word of god that i mean i'd like to count the the number of of texts in the new testament and the old testament uh it it would yeah i i you could i i couldn't write a a book that would be less than a thousand pages just just on that of the idea of false teachers bad mm-hmm. shepherds I and mean, it, it the, the bible's dealing with this all the time now right. so what is that what does that mean well god gave us a brain he doesn't want us to be naive and so that mm-hmm. here's what what paul's telling them in the church so like here's the big question really of kind of i i guess of what we're gonna expand on as we get into neighbor and and it is how how does the sanctified church coexist with a sinful world. And as I said, they, you know, these propositions that we're going to go through come from um, H. Richard Niebuhr, H. Richard Niebuhr's <laughs> Christ and Culture. Um, and so the first one is Christ against culture. So why don't, why don't you expand on, on that a little, Tim? Yeah, so all five of these, uh, just to be clear, all five of these are kind of a constructed way to talk about the church's relationship with the culture or more practically Jesus's relationship with the culture, which is a really interesting way to phrase this discussion. Um, So I I don't know if church and culture would have been a better title uh, for the book, but he chose Christ and culture. So we'll just go ahead and go with that. But um, you know, even the way you frame the question is how should a sanctified church coexist Correct. with the sinful world because that's kind of what but he's the church at. is in christ correct so. correct um 
Yes. <laughs> so, anyway, so but yeah, uh, you're right. I understand. Just, what you're just saying. for clarity, so it, so how how is it that Christians, which is what I'm going to define as the church, Christians relate to culture, and and so the first option that he says that that kind of exists in the zeitgeist of the 50s is this idea that that Christians and Christ and the church are all against culture. We are to come out from among them and be separate, just like Israel was from the world. You know, if that means we wander the wilderness, it's fine. If it means we we have our own, you know, promised land, that's fine. Um, it's it, it's rejecting culture itself and and removing oneself from it. You're not going to find a lot of proponents of this these days. I know one of the one of the um, uh, you know, uh, classic examples of this is the Amish and, 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 and things like this. And, um, and it doesn't even have to be that obviously extreme. We, we have issues of this in our own decision makings. Uh, when we say, you know, for instance, uh, I know, <laughs> I know Christians who refuse to get email, you know, for instance, because that's just the newest to them <laughs> technology that they're not going to take advantage of but it's okay to have a TV, you know, but back in the day, TVs were bad. You had to have a radio before radio was, you know, you couldn't have had anything, you know, because we like to think that if we lag culture, somehow this makes us better. This is, this is a very Christ against culture mentality. And it's, it, that side of it is certainly part of a, a lot of this, obviously monasteries, um, you know, desert fathers, monks, things like this, you know, express this. There was a book actually published a few years back called The Benedict Option. I don't know if you mm -hmm. ran across that. Yeah, uh, he's kind of arguing the same thing. You know, if a culture starts going downhill, there's always the option to pull back <laughs> to uh, to a monastic type or style of life. Um, yeah, but it, it's going to be interesting because as the culture starts circling the drain more and more, um, this one's going to come rushing back really quick. Well, and as as we become more of um... A, a communist country. Um, let's just face it, and we're we're going through the repeated theme of a of a Bolshevik revolution. Now uh, it's kind of hard having I'll studied also, history not to see that pattern. Yes. Yeah, but but that but now and again too, if you if you look at the church specifically in in China, since that type of thing happened over there well that that's where the church is exploding underground so there and again god god's in control and if you if you happen to read any of the prophets ever um especially the minor prophets uh, i've been studying in, in in these books a lot of the time uh, very recently um that you know that that god's the one that's allowing this judgment and and things to go on and he has good purpose and reason for it to call a people back to him um he's he's going to protect you he's going to set you apart um but that that right there just shows that first of all you you know we're we're in a culture but we're not against it israel was never even um necessarily a, a, a against it you know god even the religious activity that you know that he gives um israel and mo through, through the mosaic covenant is very culturally relevant mm -hmm. um and now why does that make sense well first of all it, you know he doesn't give them religious activity that's t 
totally foreign to the ancient Near East. Um, you know, their their temples look the same. Um, that the way they're structured look the same. A lot of the ways that they they do life in general are are the same. However, what's different about the temple? You know, anytime a nation would overthrow another nation, and they, of course they'd go and ransack the temple, and you know they would get their god and they would put that back in their temple, and it would you know because their god was serving their god, but. When that happened to Israel, what happens? They go, they go into their temple, and they're like, "Where, where's your God at?" Mm-hmm. But because there's there's all these little things that are like they they might look like it, but but they're wildly different. Um, and and now, so what you know what I say, you know the the enemy, you know, kind of does the same thing. You know, it, Satan comes as, um. The light bearer, you know, it, it looks really pretty. That you know, false teachers that that speak real smooth. You know, it it sound, it's Christianese. They speak Christianese, and um, it it seems like it's okay. But what mm-hmm. it does is it ends up taking us to destruction. And and so with a Christ against culture, you, you see this experience, extreme. And so uh, and of course we go to. Um, school with a lot of people that you know come from from this Amish um, time and, and about tradition. Yeah, it, yeah. Well, and, and correct. Um, and and man, there's some <laughs> there's some awesome things I've seen with the Amish community and and how they've responded. I think it's back in like 2006 of um, you know that someone had murdered somebody um, and mm-hmm. and and the <laughs> the light of Christ just kind of you know, you, 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 you forgot about they're in horse and buggies. And so it, it, we're not downing anything on the, it, we're just showing that that was kind of a cultural response of, in, in uh, of the way that that community goes. And so right. they're in scope. So let's go to the next polar, t- polar extreme is the Christ of culture. So the idea of, hmm. you know, we are one nation under God. So, it's is Christ the fulfillment of all that is good in culture, and you know, are are we in a theocracy? Are you know, are or we, we a Christian nation? To be in one, yeah, yeah. Um, and then you know, I guess my my question isn't isn't Christ the head of a spiritual body, not the head of a worldly government? And a lot of that comes from our our European backdrop. You know, a yeah. lot of that stuff we left behind. the The aftermath of the Thirty Years' War, for instance, in the 1600s, in my church history class, we just worked through this. We uh, we just went through the founding of Pennsylvania and and what that was doing for people who were leaving Europe uh, after the Thirty Years' War. Uh, you know, you had Protestant countries and Catholic countries ripping to each other to shreds, and you know, in the middle of that, finally coming to the Peace of Westphalia that just finally came to came to the conclusion that neither side is going to give up and both sides are going to lose and we have to stop before we kill everybody. And that that's essentially how they ended that. And learning to live next door to one another without poking each other with sharp sticks is a really important thing in religious cultural things. And so when, when, for instance, when the founding of Pennsylvania happened there, uh, right after that, 
um, right after that. Historically, it's like a generation later. Um, you, you get a Quaker, William Penn, founding a colony based on the debt that was owed to his father by the crown of England gifted this huge tract of land to him. And he says, I'm going to make a place where everybody, no matter the background of their own religion, lives next to one another. And its capital is going to be called after brotherly love at Philadelphia. And so all of this was structured and made with this idea that we are going to make a, a place, a almost utopic concept of of religions living next to one another and then just culture kind of arising out of that. Um, Where people can still vote when they're dead. <laughs> vote two or three times. He'd be pretty sad about what his country, what his little nation has become. <laughs> so, so of course, if we're not, if, if Christ of culture, if it's not that, then, of course, then the next one he goes to is Christ above culture. So Christ above culture is going to kind of land in these areas of, of, of the social gospel, liberation theology. Um, mm. it, you know, is, is, there, is there not supposed to be tension between the church and the culture? You know, I mean... That, Isn't that really the problem? Believe it or not, I think there's a lot of people that call that into question. Um, you know, that maybe maybe that there uh, there is a a way in which to make culture into a place that's acceptable for the coming of Christ that was the goal of some of the enlightenment philosophers leading into uh leading into what became liberal theology um and, and some some of the earlier um enlightenment uh, theologians even for Sir Francis Bacon and some others that that were specifically built on this um, but it, it's this, it, it's this kind of idea that there can be a unification and even like almost a progression from one into the other, like one leads to the other in some kind of mystical way. Um, something that doesn't really sit well with me, you know, I mean, liberation theology certainly took essences of this and then just <laughs> put the burners to it. <laughs> it just kind of, uh, turned up the heat a bit. But, uh, yeah, so uh, you know, I there there's many things obviously I I empathize with um in the in the sense of, you know, the Bible has a lot to say um about how a nation's leaders are executing justice. It mm-hmm. but it also has a lot to say individually with how we execute justice and, and, and serve that out. That mean, when I, so when I'm saying like execute just, you know, are we, mm-hmm. are, are we, you know, in our local communities, um, in your family, you know, are you, are you taking care of the widows in, in your family? Are you taking care of the widows in your community? Are you, are you helping the weak and the vulnerable within, first of all, just within your own family and then your own community Mm -hmm. um and and so i think we kind of get that backwards um when we we think that we're supposed to go outside of that first 
and and hope that that maybe trickles down to us. So, you know, if so, I mean, if you're not if you're not taking if you're not if you're a social justice warrior, and then Mamaw is starving, <laughs> there's mm-hmm. some problems. Um, yeah, we and, usually, and I'm not saying that that's what's happening, but, I, but oh, it happens all the time though. Yeah, is that I find that some of the most disingenuous people that hold to this always want to clean other people's houses while they live in squalor. You know, I mean, you you want to um, you want to criticize somebody else's position or fix something else out there, but you never want to fix the way you interact with your own family uh, or yeah. your own friends. And you know, it's it's so easy to criticize everyone but then never never actually solve your own issue um you know and that happens on all sorts of levels but yeah that'd be for for ultimately i mean it comes down the question of of being you know did did christ come to save the culture or did he did he come to save souls you know that and that honestly (laughs) there are some that even we go to seminary with that are going to probably fall on a different side than you and me on that one um, with regards to communal salvations and, and things like this that are just starting to float around seminaries these days. Um, well, it's the end thing. It's, it's the end thing that's being preached a lot in in the church. Some right. of it very explicitly. You know, some of it is more implicitly. Yeah. Um, that this message is getting communicated that 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 Christ is coming to to save the culture. Um, and, and he's going to use Trump or Biden, depending on which way you are. Um, or skinny jeans or fog machines. Right. Or, you know, I, I guess what I'm talking about, I bring this stuff up a lot. You know, I don't, when you talk about church strategy, you, you know, you brought up like the emergent church. So it really all, and I'm all about, I'm all about strategy. I was in the army. I, I get it. Um, <laughs> But I always got to ask, you know, what is it that we're, if the gospel's compromised, in any sort of strategy and, and and does a strategy make sense i would imagine in like syria um you know where they're burning christians and cutting off their heads doing an advertising campaign about come to our church is probably not a good practical idea man that would be a church of extreme bravery and one that i want to show up to honestly <laughs> a, a, a church is going to get their heads cut off um yeah. and really quick um the next one um, he goes to, and I'm going to say that this is this is the one that I, I I guess I would say at least within his book that I would say embrace or identify with the most is is Christ and the culture are in paradox, um, and and so like I, I you know I talk about tension uh, you know embracing embracing the tension like I like it, it but the awareness of the tension that exists. Why does the tension exist? And it's this kingdom already but not yet idea. We're going to do a whole episode on on mm-hmm. that whole idea of the kingdom but not yet. You see that from the fall. You, you see that playing out from Genesis 3 all the way all the way through. Kingdom already but but not yet. And, and, and the reason that it's already is because victory's already Victory's already been accomplished. Right. Um, so, but, so just like in World War II, um, you know, there's a treaty signed with Japan at the end of World War II. 
however, you know, on these outlying islands, there's still battles going on. There, you know, there's still bullets flying. People are still dying. And, and so that's kind of what I relate this, this idea to. Uh, mm-hmm. Not exactly the same, but, but the idea of, of kingdom already, but not yet. There's, there's still tension. Evil, evil still remains. Um, and it goes without saying, too, this is kind of just common sense. I don't know about you, but, but Christ died and raised from the dead over 2,000 years ago. Well, I, I wasn't alive then. So, you know, thankfully, um, when, when we're answering the, the questions that a lot of not just believers have, but, but unbelievers that, uh, you know, if they're, if they're talking about, you know, why, why doesn't God do anything? Why hasn't he done anything? You know, what, you know, why, why didn't he just fix it in then? Um, like, well, he could have, but guess what? You wouldn't have existed <laughs> You wouldn't exist, it, and it's better to exist than to not exist. Um, and and so for me, when I when I think about the tension, I think that this is what Paul's talking about. You know, in, in Romans, going back to Romans again, Romans seven and eight, um, the tension remains, um, but it our hope, um, other than you know that being in heaven and with him it is our, our hope is that it's it he's coming back um we we can't have the understanding of of, of, a, of a god's perfect love without his perfect justice mm-hmm. um and it's coming it it's coming um and, and it's better to deal with with justice for our sin right now in, in, in this time where, where God can deal with us in our sin and you struggle with it and you embrace the tension and you start living this painful but glorious joy-filled life in Christ and, and let that justice sink in because wrath and justice that's ultimately coming and and, and, and going to be vanquished where, where he demolishes evil mm-hmm. um and i i i just I, I tell you that that's uh I, I, the 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 pastor that the i love a pastor's heart I, because that is that you know they they know this they know this reality all too well um and and so i understand how maybe you think that the best way or thing to do to compromise uh is to is to start doing things to to get people in so you you can say like i i understand it because you know i understand the heart motivation behind it a lot of Mm -hmm. ways and it's it's very it's it's i understand it um but but also on on the other end too a a a pastor is supposed to take care of the sheep um that they're not supposed to open the gate to a lot of wolves um and and so look i like i'm not a pastor i'm not trying to i i just it's um we're in a very dangerous place right now in our culture um in this country um with with all of these 
things that that are going on in the world and I, you know we we take we take our focus off of Christ mm-hmm. the church is is the the faithful in in many ways and, and I'm I'm not um I, I'm 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 guilty as well but that when we take our focus off of him and all of these things that are happening in this world, it really says something about our faith. Does, does it not? Of course. And, and it, it has to do with, you know, to whom does the church look for its solutions? Is it looking to the culture? Is it looking to Christ? And, and I, I think at the heart of a lot of these, there's, there's, in, there's good intention. I think in some of these, uh, Christ against culture, Christ of culture, Christ above culture, Christ and culture and paradox. We haven't done the fifth one, which is Christ the transformer of culture. Um, all of these have aspects of what a Christian view of this is. And I think that's why there's still discussion that goes on with this 70 years after this book was written. Um, yeah. Because that, that kind of question doesn't really get settled for all time just looking at these five in this list. That yeah. last one no. we haven't talked about is Christ the transformer of culture is this idea that the church is almost uh, almost a subversive transformational power. Um, it just lives in the culture, and sometimes it attempts it, other times it just happens that, um, but most of the time this is this is seeking to transform just from inside the culture, just serving Christ in a culture and letting it letting it work its way out into the culture. Um, almost, almost without direction. Um, that that's tends to be called the the, the reformational view. Um, it's certainly one that I would hold a little bit more to than the other four. Um, I would actually like to posit a sixth view and option that goes right to your that. right to your question of isn't this an issue of faith? And the reality is yes, it's exactly the issue. Um, and my solution. Uh, at least for for now and where I'm at is Christ, regardless of culture. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with I would totally agree with that. Um, and, and, and obviously honestly, because we know that there's cultures and government systems and that there's believers in that are other than America. Yeah, and I'm not trying to I'm not trying to be holier than thou or any of that other stuff. I'm just trying to say yeah. that 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 truly is our full answer. When we understand Christ and his authority, that that helps us aright ourselves in our own cultures. Uh, that helps us understand the authority that he gave to governments. Because mm-hmm. all authority was given to him. And now your government has authority because he gave it there. And you say, well, if it's an oppressive thing, this and that, serve Christ there. Mm-hmm. Well, what if they're trying to kill me? Serve Christ there. You know, I mean, and that just goes to the, to the, you know, the, the civilization, the culture itself. I mean, culture, there was, there was a book and I don't remember who wrote it and, and I can't, I, I'm trying to pull this off the top of my head and I can't do it. Um, but it was written on, on culture is an inevitable thing. We're speaking in English. This is not a biblical language. This is not a Christian endeavor. And yet we're speaking of Christian things using culture right now with an English language we're using microphones we're using computers we're doing all of this stuff all of this is culture everything the clothes we're so wearing can, I'm not wearing I can a still toga. keep my Netflix subscription then I don't have to <laughs> hey you know are you well, serving I, I know, Christ I recently, there <laughs> well um no I'm I'm old binging old episodes of 
you know, whatever. Mash. Yeah. <laughs> mash. Oh, man, I love some mash. But there again, it, we can go to these extremes. I, I, I mean, it, I, the reason I brought up Netflix is, you know, I was listening to somebody earlier and basically, you know, yeah, there's some there's some bad stuff on Netflix. There's some bad stuff on my TV. There's some bad stuff on this computer. Guess what? I don't watch that one. Um, I'm, I'm not in, I'm I'm not endorsing um, pedophilia or any of these other things, right? Because I have now, I, I I would also you know if you feel really convicted um, of not giving Netflix any, I I mean I I hear you. Um, Here, here's you know, here's, here's the real thing with this, right? And so, and I'll just show you evidence that that Christians don't know how to answer this question, right? You'll get Christians that will, on one hand, boycott Netflix, and then on the other hand, talk about how great Christian movies are, which everyone objectively knows are terrible across the board. Every single one of them, they're they're just horribly made. They they have one dimensional characters. It, John it's Milton bad would cinematography. John Milton would roll over in his grave to see what Christians are shoveling out and i mean that literally as art right he wrote paradise lost because he thought and i agree with him that christians due to their relationship with the creative creator of the universe should be the most cultured people they should put out the best writing they should put out the absolute best art the best music and what do we see now christian music is a pejorative and it's Ugh. sad because we actually think that Christians don't have culture. No, we've just made for ourselves a counterculture that sucks. Yeah, bad. We just have bad and, music and where we say the same thing. Over we try to make it and okay, and 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 we go, well, what will sell? Well, what you know, we we appeal to the lowest common denominator, and honestly, it it is atrocious. And and Christians yeah. should be right. Where where today? Let's just see how far we've come in in say sixty years. Where today are the C.S. Lewis's or the J.R.R. Tolkien's? Where are the John Milton's or the John Dunn's? A lot of these guys are right here John. on Theology Untucked with right. Tim and Caleb. I, where <laughs> are these people? We have more Christians alive today than at any other point in history. Where is this stuff being produced? Where are we pursuing these things? We're not because we're so caught up in our cultures that we forgot that Christians actually inevitably should be making better culture rather than getting wrapped up in the world's crap and, and then just trying to imitate it or trying to polish it or something else. Do it better. Do yeah. it good. Not because it sells better, not because it looks better, not because you'll have more notoriety. You probably won't. Do it for its own sake. If you want to yeah. be an artist, a Christian artist, be as awesome as you can be. Have as much training as you can possibly get your hands on and do it for the glory of God. That's what I mean, Christ, regardless of culture. I don't care where you find yourself. I don't care if you're South America, Australia. I don't care if you are Tanzania. I don't care if you are Kazakhstani. Find where you can interact with culture and make it better and do it as a Christian. I don't I don't see that separating out all of these 
um, is overly helpful. I know this is these are different approaches and so forth, but but for instance, liberation theology took one of these and just ran with it. Yeah, and it ended up someplace that looked nothing like Christ. Yeah, yeah, and I I, I as I kind of go through them, you know, like kind of like what you're saying, it, it's. <laughs> We we take one idea or one concept, and 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 when the when the focus is taken off the gospel, the the focus gets taken off of Christ, and like so, my I guess summation, uh, which is a little bit longer than yours, but it's actually pretty short for someone like me, is is that our aim as the church is is not to Christianize the culture, but to resist our culture's attempt to de-Christianize the church. And and really, so that's like I, you know when you split these things up, um, in a way, and, and emphasize one or the over the other, um, you're 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 taking the focus off of Christ and right. what He did and 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 what our role is. Um, I think I agree with you completely, and that's why I say Christ, regardless of culture. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. culture just to talk about it. Not only is it an inevitability, it was also a command, all right? I mean, the end of Genesis 1 is is rightly considered the cultural mandate. I think it's a fine terminology to use for that. Uh, cultivating the garden is is part of that. Um, and, and filling the world, having children, you know, all of these things. Working. Culture-making things, right? Working, tending the garden. E- even the, the blood, sweat, and tears that it takes to make crops come up. This stuff is culture, and you should do it well. I don't mean to be, you know, the most OCD or whatever. It means they're the best Christians. No, no, no. Just be a Christian and do your culture stuff well. Yeah. Learn, learn your language well. Speak yeah. it well. When you have a microphone and you're doing a podcast, there's nothing wrong with having a nice microphone and doing it well. You know, I mean, doing the bare minimum for for something and and then expecting it to be transformative or good or or right that doesn't work in any other format why do we expect that of christians and then getting mad when our mediocrity and people don't accept it right um, this was and look neat. i've been guilty of that i um, know uh we, we've all been we've been guilty we're of all that. in the soup i'm just saying yeah. hey, let's uh let's salt it up a bit so I don't know. I'm I'm thinking that probably a good a good place to stop before my brain explodes um, <laughs> from all the crap going on in our culture. Um, I'll be honest with you. You know I I I think that we're I think that we're headed for. I'm not a prophet mm-hmm. or the son of a prophet, and I didn't even say in a Holiday Inn last night. But I think we're headed for a lot of pain. Um. Then let's serve as, Christ as, there as a, too, you know, and 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 we will, and it will be, it'll be tough, but it'll be good. It'll be good for it'll us. Be clarifying. Um, it it um, it, it's a, I, I you know I think about the prophets of the Bible compared to the people that claim that they're prophets of mm-hmm. today. And I'm I'm actually we're gonna do uh, a bunch of small little video series on on I'm starting with the minor prophets, and there was no health, wealth, prosperity, no um, message 
being being preached. Um, it was a message I can only imagine how difficult it was. There's destruction coming. God's coming. Um, it, he, he's going to destroy this thing. He, he's going to take down all of these leaders. He's going to take down these nations. He's going to take down the people in Israel and Jerusalem that are that are doing sinful things that are not that are not doing these different five that you know they're not executing justice they're they're not doing the things um within their own family within their own community uh, as leaders of the nation churches families communities he's coming in to destroy it but hey he's going to he's going to save a, a righteous remnant be faithful to him. Repent. Um, the idea of repentance, uh, and I just don't, you don't hear it preached a lot. And then when you do, I think, I think that, um, I think that it's done um, either poorly or weakly. That'll be, uh, there's another, there's another episode right there just on what, what is repentance and what is it not. Um, right. right. And look, we're, we're heading for, we're heading for some difficult times. Um, and that don't matter whether there's Trump's president or Biden's president. I was just it, about it to say, regardless matter. of how the elections work, <laughs> our culture is spiraling is out of control. Pain is coming. And it's not because of Trump or because of Biden. It's not because of the Democrats or because the Republicans. Like, or the th- Supreme that didn't Court. happen None in a this. vacuum. Here, here's the thing. You mentioned the prophets, right? All of them. All of them address this issue of uh in one way or another this 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 horrible habit of the people of god trying to find hope in the chariots or in the pharaohs or the kings or their peace treaties or their religious activity or whatever right I, and and i'm i'm watching modern day christians you know they're going right, we're gonna put our hope in the supreme court you know because the presidency's not working out we're gonna put our hope in the senate because the house is lost or or, or vice versa, or whatever. Guys. Put your this, hope in this, Jesus this because he's Jesus. This is not our home. <laughs> no. And you no. cannot make this Christian. You can live as a Christian in it. Be faithful to Christ. Serve him in the midst of wherever you are. It's going to suck. It's going to lead to suffering. And if you don't have the gall, get off the ride. And see if you can find hope somewhere else. Because what Christ said to us is that it's going to cost you something to walk with me. Pick up a cross and walk the road. And that road ends at Golgotha. And if you ain't got what it takes to say, hey, maybe it's worth it to follow Christ. Even if I lose my own life. Then maybe you don't have what it takes. And you should really sit, consider whether or not you want to be a Christian as Christ defines it. You're about to have to make decisions that are a lot harder than our parents made with regards to our culture. You're going to be forced into this and you don't even know what's coming yet. Consider whether or not you have what it takes to finish the race. On that note, Caleb, how about you close us in prayer? All right. Um... Lord Jesus, thank you. Um, thank you for being able to do this. 
um, at least for now, this time being for, for us to be able to get on a microphone and, and, and freely speak about these things um, without the threat of death. Lord, we, um, we know that there's the faithful that are, that are living out in, in various parts of the world in different cultures that that are that are literally trying to survive. Lord, we we lift them up to you. We 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 we, we pray for them. We, we 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 pray for their for their justice, for their deliverance, for their safety and for their well being, for their minds and their hearts, the all that the things that they're struggling with and in, in, in dealing with 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 just survival in this world lord um that they are encouraged that they that they know that they're that you're there lord for 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 us in our country and in, in our world we we know that there's 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 people that are struggling there's people that are upset there's there's, there's people that are mad. There's people that are happy. Lord, we, we, we ask that the um, that you move in a, in a big way in their hearts. Um, and, and we understand that sometimes that's painful. And we, we, we understand that when when we pray for certain things that that your discipline and and your justice must be me served and and lord we 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 ask the faithful to recognize that and they recognize you in it that no matter what happens in this world that your plan for your bride is going to come to fruition Lord, we we get confused. We get paranoid. We get scared. Lord, ultimately, we 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 believe in you. We love you. We praise you, Lord, and we thank you for all that you're doing, for all that you have done, and all that you will do. We praise your holy name, Jesus. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Theology Untucked. Join us each week as we engage in all things theological, biblical, and cultural. These are the types of conversations we should be having in the church today, and we aim to play our part. Also, we'd love to hear from you. If you have a question you'd like us to address or a prayer request, please send them to us. You can reach me at Caleb at TheologyUntucked.com. Or you can reach me at Tim at TheologyUntucked.com. Do note that your prayer requests remain strictly confidential. We will not be sharing them on the show. For more information or to support the show, please visit TheologyUntucked.com. Lord's blessings to you all. Thank you.